good people of Los Angeles, tonight is fam time fam on time. the FCFC pod. That's right. I got my cousin, Mr. Adam Talon, the dirty boy on Instagram, so close so far on the pods. And the man you might see in the mountains on a bike, you might see him on his his own two shoes, you might be scooting, you might be bumping some tunes, you might be got got a little bit of spray paint paint on his fingernails yeah. as he's running. Tagging your mom's car. Yeah, that's right. We're going to talk about graffiti. We're going to talk about running. We're going to talk about football and memories of going to Brazil in 2014 with the fam. Take a, take a World Cup trip with your family someday. Everyone listen to this pod. It's worth it. You'll never regret it. And overall, just delighted to have this very multi-talented, wonderful human being who I'm lucky enough to call one of my best friends on the pod as well. Slam, you want to hit him with the warning? Ladies and gentlemen, we are in the backyard of Dweezy's Place in Exposition Park. There are cars driving by, helicopters flying over, us trying to find my dog hiding in a corner of the backyard. And there will be profanity, so if you're at work or around children where you shouldn't be listening to profanity, it's probably a good time to stop listening. I mean, he got really bad at cussing these days. Fuck um, that. Mother fuck. What the fuck, you guys? Bad at cussing, good at finger rave light shows. Hey. Yeah. Honestly, when Frankie when Frankie got tired, he would hand me his gloves. <laughs> <laughs> when Frankie got tired, he would hand me his gloves. FCFC. Welcome to the FCFC pod, where two scholars and a dickhead look at the world through a black and gold tinted lens. It's your favorite fat Korean. It's Slim. Sitting across from me is the spicy one, Josh Spice. Mm, check, please. <laughs> Soundboard on deck. And next to him is the bearded one, the Dweez. My balls was hot. <laughs> <laughs> to, we're trying to soundboard out still. And I think to, it's been like so many episodes. We're still, trying to <laughs> we're still, we're still so bad at this damn soundboard. Uh, and tonight we have a very special guest. Um, it's it's another family matter type episode. Family, family, family. Tonight we have our favorite running, rolling, vandalizing cousin in the backyard this evening, Adam Talon of the So Close So Far podcast. What's up, Adam? Prophecy, prophecy, prophecy. prophecy. The, dirty, the dirty boy himself Ooh. is making prophecies, prophecies, prophecies. The dirty the dirty boy. Thank, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Come on. I'm man. happy we got a, a soccer expert in on this podcast, you know? <laughs> ching, ching, ching. Bring, bring, bring. We actually are drinking, I think it's worth noting tonight that we're drinking cachaça. To the bang. To the bang. Uh, Shout out to all those who sometimes sip cachaça on the rocks. I literally don't think I ever have. I've only ever mixed it with lime and some sugar and called it a caipirinha. Yeah, I was going to say bigger shout out to the ones who muddle it up with the with the uh, Ooh, lime leaves. and sugar. Yeah, <laughs> Ooh, it is. On my caipirinha heads out there. I just had my sip and it is uh, 
Josh spicy kind of beverage right there. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. It's heavy, heavy hand, heavy pour. Let's go. Yes, sir. So before we get into our usual things with uh, FCFC, it should be noted that we're also making FCFC history because the FCFC logo was designed by Mr. Adam Talon. Hey, pre-AC, pre-AC, pre-AC. Before we even knew AC were two letters that were eventually going to design our world, (laughs) we had Adam Talon. When we were first getting started, we had Adam Talon, and we're so grateful to have his art in our pod, just as we have Sean's music in our intro. I I was grateful to even be trusted with the assignment at that point. Dude, but who knew? We could have just done two episodes and it would have called it quits. But now we've got someone who's got a tattoo of it on their body. It's so cool to see that. It's so cool to see that you guys have continued to do this from, uh, what is it, four years? Three years? Feels like 12. Yeah, something like that. Three World Cup cycles later. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think it's about three and a half. We're still waiting for for someone to to emboss their own body with the FCFC logo. I'm just waiting for a sponsorship. (laughs) (laughs) No, Slim will sponsor you. He'll buy you a dance somewhere. Kashasa or WrestleMania <laughs> sponsor the pod. Slim's rocking this WrestleMania 14 shirt. You love it? it I is. love it. I got it at Ross. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know much about WrestleMania, but I just like I just like it. It's very uh it's a bold, I mean, bold choice for a Tuesday night, but I like it. Before The Rock came onto the scene, these were two of my favorite guys, right? Um so yeah, this is just a little nostalgia as I was looking for uh, some undershirts at, at Ross um, came Whoa. across this little gem. <laughs> yeah. I, I am literally experiencing a WrestleMania right now between a small uh, French bulldog yeah. and a poodle between yeah. my legs. So, And I had to pay less than four bucks for it. Hey. This is the live experience, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Hoji and Kobe are in the backyard. Yeah. This is years. the late night hour. Come yeah. on, man. FCFC after hours. You know what it is. So we're going to get into lots of things with my cuz bud Adam here but before we do any of that I think we do have to just start by with our classic question on this podcast let's roll your oldest memory of this beautiful sport we call football Adam what is your oldest memory of football ooh oldest memory that's easy I had sticky hands because I had just let my team down again at AYSO (laughs) soccer league (laughs) at Balboa Park in the San Fernando Valley, uh, Burbank and Balboa. And uh, for some reason, I was being validated for my terrible performance by hitting the ice cream truck. So I just had like, uh, you know, like Tweety Bird gumball eyes dripping down my paws. And (laughs) that's an album cover right there, baby. I was, was, you know, I worked hard. I probably didn't work hard, you know. I was just trying to make friends and uh, uh, make my parents happy, which whether I did or not, I don't know. But uh, yeah, that's my first soccer memory. Well, he didn't work hard. Hey, do you guys remember? All right, oh, like, uh, oh uh, also just like I remember going into like the one soccer shop. I mean, I'm sure there were more, but when you're a kid, like the small vicinity. And I do. I don't, I don't know if this is like an art connected thing, but I remember the shop did the uh, airbrushed banners for each team that like the young AYSO teams would do. And there was always like some cool design. I remember always thinking that was pretty sick. Damn. So they they did them in the shop. They did them like the same place you buy shin guards and cleats and whatever else. Yeah, that was pretty cool. That also inspired the art career. Oh my God, this is a professional podcaster we're hearing right now. Soccer was your... Pretty much soccer sent me on my whole life track right now. I gotta give it all to soccer. That's the link. We'll we'll hear about the running story shortly, but um, did you guys have... You neither 
I know we've talked about it on the pod before. Your career is playing. Yeah, I, t- I told you guys, I, it's been a long time, but I remember my first time learning that running after drinking soda gives you bad cramps was at an AYSO practice. Um, yeah, that's probably one of my most early soccer memories, getting that cramp uh, at AYSO after eating some Carl's Jr. and some orange soda. But you didn't play at all. Yeah, Never I, even I, a practice. I, I think I played for, for like a year as like, as like a little league. It wasn't AYSO out east, but... Out, out east, what do they call it? <laughs> little league. <laughs> oh. <laughs> But don't I, fucking I'm, know, man. I, 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 all I remember is um, there's no there's no fields in Queens. This is no Queens. Fielding. There's only hey, it must it must grass be crabgrass. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we, got, we got nothing out here. But anyway, uh, <laughs> sorry. That's that's shout out, Mister Andretta. I just fucking channeled Kenny Andretta's dad right there. He, he would take us to Hooters after fucking football games. Hey, that's, that's a, a good great dad. dad. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, a good yeah. Guy. We're all smelly middle schoolers. I think. So Hell shout yeah. out, Mister Andretta. It's when we love know, titties yeah. the most. Yeah. The, the the buffalo sauce masked your fucking odor as as you walk mm. in. But I remember just someone just yelling at me. I think it was a mix of my dad yelling to to say like, doesn't matter if you're on defense, just go after the ball like wherever the ball is on the field because he was tired of me just standing around. Was that him talking about the Hooters menu or was this <laughs> like, just, just fucking go after the ball, baby? <laughs> but yeah, it's uh no, it was it was just kind of whatever is is my experience. Weirdly enough, whatever. Wow. Do you guys have treat memories associated with football, the way Adam just unveiled his? Uh, I mean, it was always just the orange slices. I remember with baseball, though, um, they had like a little snack bar, and they had this thing called the Chili Willy, where <laughs> they would just throw rice. Jesus Christ. Oh. And then throw chili and cheese on top of it. Oh, there's no hot dog in the Chili nah, Willy. Uh, I feel yeah. like we missed something there. Chili oh. Willy. <laughs> You're nasty. Wait, how is, that, <laughs> how is that transported? Like, what is the. In a cup. In a cup. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that was, yeah, chili with rice. I don't know why I liked that as a kid. I feel like chili and cheese and like developing young bodies is like pretty hand in hand because yeah. I remember like the track meets too. You do the you do the Fritos bag out here yeah. with the chili and cheese in it at the same time. Mm. So we yeah. do love chili and cheese with a little bit of carbs. Yeah, yeah. We had a lot of Asians in Cerritos, so they probably just threw some rice in that motherfucker. <laughs> Chili and cheese sponsor the pie. Hey, not not the type with the beans in it though. That's not real chili. That's that's like Tex Mex of chili. Oh, for real? Mm-hmm. What chili, is real chili? Chili's just meat. The fuck? Just meat, bro. I think it's like a meat with like a t- tomato paste. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, I'm just talking. Yeah, there's just no beans, but you know, yeah. in the American version, there's beans. Fuck beans. I don't really like what is coming out of your mouth right now. You you like beans? You don't, don't like, like you don't even like cheese, dude. Fuck off. Yeah, give me some beans. Uh, Wait, are you actually vehemently anti-cheese or is it I upset mean, your stomach? Other than pizza. Yeah, other than yeah, pizza. Yeah, fuck you. Other than You're pizza. You're garbage. You're talking person. about going to France? Yeah. Know. Yeah, what's the point? Just, you, it's the just the fucking bread as I said just, before. Did I not say bread? It's a croissant. It's the croissant. But they're going to be offended when you say no croissant. to the cheese. Huh? They're going to be offended when you say no to the cheese. I just don't have to eat it. I will order it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a very polite motherfucker, especially yeah, when I'm a That's abroad. the Asian in him. We yeah, just yeah, put our heads that's down. Fine. Oh. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> You'd be tossing on the ground or something like that, just sliding it off the plate. That's You know what? There's pigeons out there, too, I'm, I'm guessing. <laughs> so, cheese for the pigeons. What about you, Dweez? Give me, give me some some a- AYSO snack stories. It was a lot of, I mean, youth sports for me was a lot of uh, popsicles that are twin. The twin, uh, the twin sticks. Yeah. We're talking about the July Fourth ones. Yeah, the double the firecrackers. Yes. Well, and they had different flavors as well. The ones that said popsicle at the, on the stick on the bottom. <laughs> yeah. 
And then, yeah, some of them had those little like jokes or messages. A little too. joke, yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. maybe a limerick. I wonder if someone's going to introduce that. That seems like a nostalgic business idea that would work like for Snapple people in our generation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I, I, I Snapple facts were great. But I guess people get too drunk. You couldn't do that with like a bottle of booze. They wouldn't really look, would they? It would maybe just have to be a little raunchier. Yeah. Like a pig's orgasm can last up to 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah like you just that. Had that on exactly. Deck. Yeah. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Well, I've never been a businessman, so this is why I can't. Penis. <laughs> <laughs> So the double-sided popsicles is yes. the first time you learn nothing lasts forever and everyone eventually separates. Is this kind of the... Yeah, and also you can only eat one at once and it was like kind of... Darkness. It was kind of mean to give two popsicles You never just tried it fucking deep-throating both of them at once, dude? No. You're a pansy, <laughs> dog. <laughs> I fucking could That option was there on the table for you. Is that what you guys did? Yeah, dude, you let it hit your no, little... Josh was at Hooters. He has <laughs> only business to take care of. Are you kidding? He's letting the nipple hit the back of his throat. <laughs> oh. Win, lose, or draw. Hot wings. Hot wings. Yeah, Hot cool. fucking wings. Wait, yeah. Slim, what did you say earlier about Josh and the clouds in the sky? Oh, yeah. Josh has little puffy-ass nipples. All right, bro. we're going to strike this right now. Edit point, edit point, edit point. We're n- Josh's nipples <laughs> no, are not I'll, I'll talk about my nipples on this podcast. <laughs> I got two. They chafe all the time. I picked some scabs <laughs> off them this morning. We'll I, talk about your chafing in a little bit in the second section, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry, uh, there's sorry, plenty sorry, of chafe sorry, talk sorry, coming. Sorry, sorry, sorry. You're, you're ruining the bit right now. Well, let's let's stick on football while we still can. <laughs> What's that? Uh, Adam and I, so one beautiful story here is that is we're on a World Cup year. There's been lots of World Cup thoughts. And uh, I've Thotties. been lucky enough to travel to the World Cup with my family members, young Sean Dweez, Evan Talon, the youngest the youngest of our of our brood. And we also went with Adam and our mothers at the time. <laughs> <laughs> They're still our mothers. Yes. They're no longer with us, but we. Crazy way to state that sentence, you fucking psycho. We missed them. We, we had mothers last <laughs> oh, or a couple World Cup cycles ago. Yeah, we had world. We had world cup moms. We had world. You have moms. You have moms. We had cheers to all the moms. Cheers to all the moms. Alive or not alive. Ayso or world cup. Reach over for that one. The Hooters moms, whatever. It's hard being a mom, you know. Hooters moms. So we all got to go to Brazil and. Adam, didn't you and Sean go to, you guys saw Uruguay and England, right? In Sao Paulo? Uh, yeah, yes, we did. And then you had to run and uh, get on I a train. learned about Rooney and all that. Yeah, and I had like, <laughs> a, learned I had about like, Rooney I had that. like the Amazonian flu at the time. So I'm like Ooh. watching corner kicks and sweating out of my eyeballs. It's like <laughs> on these, like, these buses traveling at speeds I can't even spell out in kilometers through the jungle <laughs> over from Sao Paulo to Rio. Yeah. Would and you, you say but, the Amazon flu? Yeah, yeah. I truthfully think just white people don't have the immune system for South America. Mm. I truthfully believe, like, you have to go and get your ass beat. I don't think <laughs> many people are going to have the immune system for, for the Amazon. Yeah. So, but you guys were also up in the north, and that's you got sick up in the north, didn't you? Yeah, in Hasife, Yeah, which was a super cool town. And uh, we saw a couple games there too. And like, oh, I don't know if we saw, we saw uh, USA versus Ghana. And I think I saw Beckerman do like the corner kick, like ultimate. I like filmed it. It was almost like a Visa commercial. <laughs> I don't know why I felt like filming it, but it was the craziest experience of my life. Damn. Just being in the USA section and it was we- fucking awesome, fever or not. Adam's obviously been to the North End too, but when you look back on your soccer life, were these experiences in Brazil? 
Did it give you a new perspective about this game you only knew through ice cream and and <laughs> melted hands? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think that was my first, uh, I want to say first time I appreciated it, but um, it was the first time I like gave my whole being to it or like I surrendered to it. Surrendered to it. Yeah, I surrendered to it. And uh, not that it was hard to surrender. It It needed to be this like huge thing where I was like, oh, I got to really try. But um, it was a great gateway to understand something bigger than what I knew at the time would would be my best way of describing it. Wait, talk talk to me more about the surrendering, man. You're a podcast with self awareness. <laughs> like, what's so you just you, you just you, you you went there and you're like, first off, you went there not as an avid soccer fan, more of as a, as a family trip, or was it kind of in 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 between there? Yes, but me, my family, and I, uh, we like you know, Alec, like Dweez, Alex, however you want to uh, describe him on this podcast. <laughs> Government for, You know, like we've been through a whole bunch of shit, including like living together mm-hmm. for like my developmental years of high school. And like I, I lived in the same room as Sean. We had dream journals where we'd write our dreams down because he wanted Fucking to teach fire. me. Yeah, he wanted to teach me about lucid That's dreaming. That's just called a diary, guys. <laughs> yeah. Mine, Until you start controlling your yeah. dreams, Slim. Yeah, he, familiar, he came baby. home and he was like, Adam, I got something way cooler than any drug you could do. We're going to control our dreams. I learned about it in religion class or some shit because we went to different high schools. He went to this uh, private Catholic boys school that I got kicked out of, and I went to <laughs> LAUSD public school. And uh, um, Taft High, stand up. Did Keaton go to Taft? Taft High. Do you know um, Keaton? Maybe. It's yeah. three, three and a half Keaton thousand if, kids. You know? Shout out to Keaton if you went to Taft. I thought you knew Keaton, but he's been on the pod. Possibly, possibly. Um, but I say that to say, like, these guys have been soccer fans forever, even visiting, you know, Alex in, in Utah growing up. He was already watching soccer and going to Germany and whatever else. So, And my family's so close, and we love so much of the same things that it's like, oh, well, Alex put me on to X, Y, and Z rapper. Like, that shit's sick. So this soccer stuff must be yeah. cool, too, you know? And <laughs> maybe, maybe yeah, Built up some credibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I just, you know, I never, I was just on my own wave at the same time. I had, like, respect for it and whatever, but never, like, really got into it. Right, right. Yeah. And then it turned, when you went to Brazil to a, a few games, it turned into, like, this is the most important thing. Like, what's on the pitch right now is the most important thing happening within as it my zip code in the world yeah, yeah, yeah the world yeah totally um yeah i guess also i mean i guess we'll probably mention this later because it has to do with my transition to running but i even tried to play soccer in high school because i was like i need to do something and all my family plays soccer so <laughs> i might as well try soccer out you know like I, I guess i should do that but yeah so when i got to brazil uh that was the first time i i would say i you know, because we participate as kids, right? Like AYSO and all that. Mm-hmm. You know, you learn about the infinite loop of feelings at AYSO from love to loss to heartbreak to competition to whatever else. Do they call it that when you're when you're playing the infinite? I did. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, damn, is there an educational element to this? They're yeah. just like, this is the infinite loop of feelings. <laughs> <laughs> and no. quick question into another portion of your life: huh? were, were you already tagging and stuff were you, when you were out in Brazil and stuff? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did you do any? Yeah. Okay. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. I think we've got like a pretty good photo of that piece he threw up in uh, in Brazil. on the beach. Yeah. Oh, um, sick. Yeah. It's the same beach that your brother got ethered on. Oh, my brother got so Tim Dwyer has also been on this podcast. <laughs> El, elder, elder, yeah, yeah. elder Dweez. Uh, he got ethered in San Sebastian, Spain, 
Oh, okay. Is, his is in Spain. Okay. Which I is, it was uh, actually, no, I'm sorry. I misspoke. Not San Sebastian. It's near San Sebastian. Santander, Spain. Okay. Thank so you he, for clarifying. Yeah. yeah. So it's not far uh, of there on the Basque Coast near where our boy Carlos Vela came from. When hey. Real Sociedad. Yep. Um, yeah, I did some graffiti out there. And the crossover between that, if we're talking the Brazil trip, was when I, I went to art school in San Francisco. And the majority of my friends were Brazilian, like actually mm. from Brazil. Mm. So when I went out there, uh, I got to hang out with them. And like a lot of them were from Rio, like had their families there. So I got to like experience that and hang out with their families. But I went to art school and one of the kids I went to school with, he painted as well. So he just kind of like put me on to everything I need to know Jeez. about painting in Brazil. Because, you know, like here it's like painting in Los Angeles is it's a hard city to paint, but I don't know how. Brazil works. I don't know if it's legal, not legal, whatever, but he, he put me on. Yeah. Andre. Shout out Andre, to Andre. Shout Andre, out Andre Deco. Yeah. He's definitely listening right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up, Andre? We know we got our Brazilian fans out here. Um, I think that if you like music, I was thinking about this the other day. If you like music and you go to shows, that gives you an easier and like close quarters shows that gives you like an easier understanding i think into football culture <coughs> than other sports fans like if you're a huge baseball fan or you're a hardcore head i think the transition from mm. baseball to football is a bigger distance than it is from hardcore to like hardcore shows to like a a lit fan experience that's in like the north end right mm -hmm. because it's like people it's musical it's jumping up and down it's like intensity it's like rubbing up next to each other but there's more overlap you're saying like yeah a, a music scene of the concert scene yeah and in the world cup it maybe like depends on where you are in the stadium it could kind of be like that um but do you think that at that point in your life you also listen to a lot of music so it was like did you feel the similarities between music and like supporter culture yeah choppers 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 yeah, choppers, yeah. choppers choppers we, choppers, we deal with choppers on our podcast too if you don't get at least three choppers it's bad luck to be honest with you <laughs> that one's flying low though yeah man. yeah yeah uh, did I okay so the question was did I feel a connection between soccer and shows when yeah. I was in Brazil mm -hmm. um, hmm uh, yeah I don't I don't know if I necessarily put that together at the time uh, I guess that's maybe like my personal like idea of identifying as something I guess goes into that which I I don't know if that's my way of looking at sort of uh, supporter sections and you see the countries when you're in Brazil or whatever else but the what you're talking about as far as hardcore shows and soccer fans like when I go to the 3252 like I know a hardcore punk kid when I see one and they're all like a part of what, what you know whichever club out there with their thing and this this and this and it's like this like strong sense of community with values and I see like a a certain like camaraderie in that and yeah. yearning for community there. I see it strong in the 3252. And when I, I don't know, it's hard maybe looking back this far because what was that 2014 when we went to Brazil, mm -hmm. but uh, that seemed more like a country identification, like a nationalism yeah, thing more than anything. Yeah. The, the, the LA one is uh, even probably more exciting to me. You can feel more subcultures mm. connecting with certain things where it's just like, yeah, I fuck with Poland, you know, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. I mean, you you also didn't like grow up going to like Dodgers games, Lakers games, and Kings games that often. Like you guys didn't a little do bit. It. You didn't do a ton of you did do it some live sports. A little bit. I got a I got food poison because I I don't know if you remember, but I played like. 
roller in ice hockey for like a small chunk of my time. But you guys were in Utah, so I was young. And so we used to we used to catch the train to go see Kings games and I got like horrible food poisoning from KFC popcorn chicken. And hey, I haven't eaten yeah, KFC, KFC since KFC, I was in like bro. fifth grade. Yeah. Oh, oh shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, okay, you're not missing much. Team Popeyes. Yeah, Popeyes <laughs> is way better. Popeyes hits. Them church's biscuits sure. though. Yeah. So Adam alluded to the graffiti, the art past, uh, and having designed our logo and stuff, it's obviously the, the cat's out of the bag. He's a, he's a big art guy. He's also designed skate decks and things like that. Um, what do you think, if we're going to go back to early memories, what do you think your earliest memory of like art and design was? It couldn't have been those banners at the soccer shop, right? Or actually it could be. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's really hard for me to think back like that. I would always draw on the sides of my papers in school, but it'd just be like weird shapes or I had no intention of it. Um, I guess, you know, like it, it's weird even as I recall it right now mm. being like, oh, I kind of like those airbrush things. I never, I don't know if I ever really put that together or had like an affinity for it. Mm. Um, but, you know, skate, I was skateboarding a lot around the age of like 13 14 and I had a I had like a really close friend who he like hung out with like his his dad was like out of his mind and he lived in North Hollywood where AC's from and his dad was kind of like selling drugs for all these like little gangbanger kids who are like tag banger kids so he learned how to tag from them he'd come back to our school and we'd skate together and he'd be doing it and I used to make fun of him and then that like making fun of stopped and that's even like the way I got into hardcore too at the same time uh I just like started to draw it. I don't know why, just because I was around it so much. And then it like, oh, I think this is good enough to try at the age of 13, 14 at the same time. And then it just snowballed from there. And eventually I, my mom for, or she didn't force me, but she could tell I was making bad choices and getting arrested for racking or stealing or whatever else. And she was like, you should take a community art college because my mom was sweet she accepted me and she loved me but she also let me deal with my consequences mm. so instead of trying to get me to stop or kick me out or whatever she'd just be like just go to the community college so i was like this 15 16 year old kid in this like community wow. college drawing class with all these old heads who are like retired at pierce college <clears throat> just you know like trying to and i guess i wanted to try and draw and graffiti's pretty competitive so when i got into high school art classes I don't even know if it was about like me having some vision I wanted to draw more than letters, but the same way I wanted to like paint more than the kid I was beefing with on the street, like I just wanted to draw a better portrait than the guy next to me. Mm. And the fact I could do it then ended up being more, and I, I don't think I'm that competitive anymore. But uh, so, I think at the time, yeah. So you were ultra marathon runner. Oh, you weren't just doing lettering. You were doing like you were bombing portraits and shit too. No, 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 okay. no. I would never. I I was always stayed away from that. And gotcha. Even when I had like gotten to art school and um, when I got into art school and I uh, I like really could draw. Like I couldn't draw in high school. Even like even if they say you're like the best kid in your class, like mm. you can't draw. You know, no matter what. So when I actually could, when I, I was living in San Francisco. Um, I guess I panned a lot of trains and so people would want me to, you know, like, Hey man, like we know you can draw whatever. And I'd be like, no, I'm here to vandalize. I have like, a, <laughs> I, no, I have like a very, uh, and it's just the way I look at it, but I have a very kind of like distinct line between like my art, my illustration when I'm trying to say something and what, uh, writing or graffiti means mm. to me, which is much more like an expression of freedom than 
I'm trying to like get an illustration that makes you tap into a feeling. Really, and the, those two don't collide at all. That that feeling of freedom within the expression that you're trying to make in art for people to feel something. Because a people, a lot of people would argue that graf- graffiti is very visceral, right? And you feel something Im- immediately, but you don't feel like they they overlap in that way. No, mm, like, I don't even the think, creation. I don't even think it's necessarily for other people. Like I think it's for like for and this is all my sure take on it, right? Um, I think it's for like the guy doing it and maybe the people who do it also. Cause it's like a, it's mm. like a language that you guys speak, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. I can read certain things that people can or tell when it's like a gang tag versus whatever, who's from what crew or in, it, it goes into like a whole bunch of like scene stuff, which maybe isn't good or bad, but, um, yeah, to me, like the act of graffiti is just like doing what you want at the risk of consequence that is super high to the level of like felony. So, yeah, like just doing it, whatever it might be, if you do it the right way, like that's the expression of freedom to me. So there are people who paint things and they want people to feel certain things that that's just not how I see it. Gotcha. Yeah. And can you talk about like you're, you're just saying that that moment of when it became the cool designs on your notebook the back of your notebook that you're like is this good enough i think it's good enough to when you first tagged you know a wall or a train whatever was there a leap there was there a a significance that like i'm doing this art this act of freedom and expression there do you remember like having to jump in that with a lot of purpose when did you know that you were going to take intravenously (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah i don't know like I had this friend of mine, uh, and he's like a, you know, he's like a gnarly graffiti writer still to this day. The first person I ever painted with, like, went out. Besides, besides like, catching tags with stupid-ass markers we found at school. But, like, oh, we're going to get spray paint. Yeah. We, like, drew it the day before, like, had the sketch of what we were going to do, and, like, had a spot, like, a wall that we could ride our skateboards to because we were 14 and we didn't have this. And, like, uh, you know, like curfew was still a thing so you couldn't even be out past 10 in sure. LA as a kid oh, under 18 like I forget about that sometimes this is the second one we're almost at 3 pretty early <laughs> it's, a, it's a good sign yeah 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 and uh, yeah it's my homie I won't use his real name uh, but Alex knows him but he writes Keo and uh, I think he still wrote Keo then too I could be wrong I, I usually like people change you know you pick some dumb name when you're 14 but mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's gnarly. He kills it still. But, uh, yeah, the first spot we went to was just this alley off Ventura Boulevard that we could skate to. And, uh, the cops came first time, (laughs) first time we had to like run and we didn't even finish it. And so it was probably better that it went down that way. You know, like if you're doing it before 10 PM, there's a good chance you're going to get, I don't don't know if we did it before 10 PM, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. So that that was your first one. Yeah, that was my first one. And tight. I think there's like a weird, like if it went well, I would have got confidence from it. Like if no cops came, I would have had this, like this boldness to it. But yeah. at the same time, getting away with it. Right, right, right. Like it's colored with running the, right. away from that the cops. adrenaline. The adrenaline was sick. Yeah. It was awesome. You're like, you know, like you're so focused and aware compared to anything else. You're so scared at a mixture of being like your parents are going to hate you. You don't, you've never really had run ins with cops like this before. And, uh, yeah, so I think the way you got away with it was like, well, it can't go worse than that besides like actually getting caught so you feel kind of emboldened or you want to do it better or whatever. Taggers are the some of the wildest people you'll ever meet, man. It's just their adrenaline rush mixed with their desire to just be rebellious is just, it's it's something different. Like, taggers are wild. Yeah. Uh, Slim, what's your, what's your <laughs> oldest running from the cops memory? 
Why is my oldest running from the cops memory? Mine wasn't really a running from the cops memory. Um, we were just chilling like in a cul-de-sac one time and I guess something happened down the street and there were like ghetto birds flying around. So we were just chilling there and then like we see the bird flying around and boom, the spotlight hits right where our cars are. And right when the spotlight hits, like five cars, cop cars pull up. And yeah, like my friend had a bat in the car. Yeah, something happened down the street. They they searched us. Oh, damn, Dwight. What's my oldest running from the cops memory? I don't know. I, I know that Josh hasn't ran from the cops before, so I'm not even going to ask him. <laughs> <laughs> but, I'm too slow. I get caught. But <laughs> I do remember, I mean, skateboarding has that same, mm-hmm. not the same, but it's similar, like, yeah, because you, you can guys see are always skating things. where you're not Security supposed to. Exactly. Yeah. So Skate, my, yeah. was, I was at a school in Las Vegas, actually. I think I was probably 13 or 14 as well. And, like, it was just such a nice spot. And there was, like, the perfect little five-stair. And everything was just looking real good. And we had snuck on. Had to hop a fence and get over and all that. But the best part about ours was the cop, like... There was just no way, right? Because we're all on skateboards. Like, what are they going to do, right? So it was, it was like, it was that adrenaline rush, but I didn't feel like we were actually going to get caught. But I was so young that I had never been been chased before. And, like, he had pulled up. He came through, like, the regular entrance of the school and, like, pulled up. So it was, like, a good distance away from the thing already. And we have the whole back, you know? So it was, like, no problem to get away. Um, but I definitely could feel a sense of, like, yeah, like, it's nice to have that intensity, I think, at a young age, yeah. too. Um, maybe, you know, obviously growing up white and privileged, I didn't have, like, the police coming over to my house and I didn't have an association with them um, that would bring fear into my life. So it was, like, fun. It was, like, very, like, you know, just breaking the rules um, as, like, a, a, a know-nothing white. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but like... You know, I, I, I think that there's a there's a part about growing up for me that involved with like learning the authorities bounds and like understanding that like a lot of the funnest shit is against the law, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I do remember one of um, street racing when I was 16. Uh, everyone lined up on, you know, in an industrial area. That's sick. Cops come. You have to run to your car and then fucking book it. Um, Did you have a different leather jacket that you put on? No, no, no. My my friend was dipping over there just to watch the races. We were in a fucking Toyota Camry and shit. Did did anyone hit the boosters? (laughs) All right. All right, (laughs) Deuce. Just kidding. Dude, I saw some people do the same shit down in in Vegas, too. I had friends that, uh, like, souped up cars and we'd go in and then the cops would come. And you would get into fights because they would talk about how you over-revved and shit. Like, I I didn't give a shit about cars, but I was fighting people because someone told my friend he over-revved. And I'm like, all right, I guess we have to... I didn't even know over-revving men, but he was mad about it. (laughs) Adam, do you ever revisit that first wall? Is that... Does that mean something to you or even to larger graffiti community or... The first wall I yeah. tried to paint? Yeah, Absolutely yeah. not. Gotcha. It's a terrible spot. <laughs> it's such like Even a after curb spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, nah, no, no, no. The spot is too hot. Yeah, it was... It, it, no, it wasn't even a hot spot. It should have been hotter. <laughs> you know, like, we were just scared. We were like, let's just paint this alley. I think the alley would be cool. Like, I guess people skate by back yeah, here yeah. or something, you know? Like, yeah, it, it progressed a lot from there, definitely. And we'll get into the progression on <laughs> in our next segment after we pee. Bye. Our first grip break.
Welcome back to FCFC Podcast. We're here with Adam of the So Close So Far Podcast. Also, Adam the filmmaker. Also, Adam the designer. But this segment, we're going to talk about chafing, man, as, as, we, <laughs> as we previously alluded to. But um, I might know more about chafing than anyone in like a 500-mile radius. Mm. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty good at it. The first, <laughs> the first I heard about the nipple chafing was on The Office when Andy needed to cover up his nipples while they did a, a 5K around the office here. Mm. But I've also, I have no thigh gap. You know, I'm a thick, I'm a thicky boy. The the thigh chafing was very real. I'm actually wearing compression shorts right now because like I played my friend in horse, the basketball. <laughs> like it's like that was that was it. That's what I went to the park today, and I wore compression shorts for that reason. But <laughs> let's just talk about running. Is so interesting to me because the only avenue I've really known running prior to to knowing Dwee's is a sneaker world because. As a big Nike Nike fan, Nike has always posited that these shoes are for running. That Adidas, especially in the past, has has uh, has assumed the mantle of the Ultra Boost is the ultimate running shoe. I think as I've gotten to know this better, a lot of people have sworn by Hoka's. Right, Hoka is like a runner's runner shoe, but still, it's the sneaker collectible idea of consuming this thing as a product is really the only attachment I had to running. But I want to ask you, as someone who runs, as, as someone who runs both across from me and, and next to me, Slim, not so much, but it's really is like... <laughs> Slim will get there. Yeah. He's, just, he's just heating up. You know, he's saving his bones for later. I, get, I get there by driving. <laughs> <laughs> I, want to, I want to talk about... Um, I want to start this discussion with gear. I want to talk about running gear, what you, what's your go-to, and maybe we can spring into some more of the, the chafing talk as, as, we, as we go along. Well, I think the first gear item <laughs> is a coconut oil for yeah, your yeah. parts that will get chafed right yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely yeah i learned that the hard way many a time talk, talk the, to us about one of the hard ways oh well no the the main time i learned about coconut oil and this is for anyone running because i'm a thick guy too <laughs> i'm still thick hey, i got these big meaty thighs yes yeah, right know? and uh they're not going anywhere i've been doing this <laughs> shit for 15 years at this point and uh it took me until 2017. I was running an ultra marathon, is what they're called. And it was the Backbone Trail. It is a 68-mile trail from Brentwood to basically Oxnard. Uh, it's the entire length of the Santa Monica Mountains. Sure. And uh, Alex Dwyer dropped me off at the start, which was very five, nice. 5 a.m. starts watching this boy fly out. Ooh, boy, I knew those thighs were going to get a workout. It's a good <laughs> one. It, 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 it took me roughly a little over 16 hours. And, um, yeah, by mile 25, my thighs were chafing till blood. Before that, I had used Vaseline, and it was a hot day, and I put water on me. And I didn't realize when you – when you keep soaking yourself in water plus this mixture of Vaseline, it just gets all weird and gross. And I was walking bow legged for four hours, just like hiking with blood dripping down my thighs. And this guy just told me, he was like, you just gotta go to Costco and get the Kirkland tub of coconut oil. It uh, works way better than Vaseline, anything like that. And mm -hmm. I, I haven't looked back since. So next Holy time you're fucking, shit. next time you're hooping with the boys, yeah, a little Kirkland. That's right. I got a tub. It lasts me four for, years. We just smell like four, four, four years. Four years. By that four year tub from Costco. Baby. I would not, I would not use it to cook after a couple of uses. <laughs> for sure. 
I double dip hard. You just, we're just, we're just taking, <laughs> you're just taking dollops with your with your hand. Dollops, quarter size. Quarter, okay, quarter size. That's quarter great. Size, okay, okay, yeah, okay. yeah. So that that's how you do with shaving. But you're talking about gear, right? Yeah, gear. But I mean, fuck, that's so, fucking incredible. First of all, well, I'm just trying to help because <laughs> thigh shaving is. Come on, it's real. It, it's real it, out here. Everyone's a victim to it at some <laughs> point, you know. Um, so you're talking gear is like from so many different perspectives. Like, are you you're gonna go you're gonna go from head to toe or uh, from from shoes to top? Are you just asking what I wear or like my perspective on it? Because that's two different things. I need to hear both. I'm fucking fascinated now. Let's go. <laughs> how is that two different? things? Basically, Josh is like, wait, does this involve fashion? And if it does, maybe I should start running. Oh, but but is, that maybe. that's the thing though. It's like he's uh, gonna do the fashion, but he's not gonna start running. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Well, you were talking to me like you were talking in a very like uh, you could express yourself with the style of running clothes you you wear, right? Right. And people do do that, and uh, it's a it's a practical art- article of clothing. So it's not just to look good if you're trying to run. 20 miles 10 sure the miles, function has whatever. to be function has to be yeah. on top of it at the same time or like else. some compression shorts on the on the game of horse yes 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 so keep your boys locked tight tight like a right. delta airlines flight yeah i'm like uh i i guess i purist isn't the wrong way to describe this but i like the idea of running being liberating and free it's that and this is my crossover to the graffiti mm. of just like you should just be able to do this, like do it however the fuck you want to do it. Yeah. Like do not believe in the branding or marketing that Nike, Adidas, millions, Oka, hundreds of millions of dollars, yeah. whatever. Don't believe like there is even this, this huge running boom in like 2010, 11, this book came out called born to run. And it was like a New York, it was like a bestseller and everyone's buying those Vibram shoes, you know, the little toe shoes people walk around yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. They, they learned about this tribe of super athletes that ran barefoot, but this tribe has been untouched in the Copper Canyons of Mexico for years and they've never worn shoes. So my dumbass that like walks to Carl's Jr. for the first like <laughs> so, you know, 15 years of my life, like I can't just take my shoes off and start running. Um, but you should try it. Like, why not? You know? Okay. So I've, uh, you know, like I think wear a cotton shirt, your nipples are going to chafe either way. Where some, like, I like to wear things that feel as much as I say I'm like free, I guess I, like I like not looking like all the other runners at the same time. So I, I wear like a, I've gotten a lot of comments on it. Like I just have this button up shirt I got from Ross or something. <laughs> it's just a bunch of champagne. It's like a New Year's Year's Eve celebration button up. And they're sick because I live in Southern California. It's hot. Like in the summer, it's hot. I can just unbutton it yeah, if I yeah, need yeah. to. Okay. Or I can run shirtless or whatever. I don't need the Nike tech thing. Like running is so dope to me because you there's no barrier of entry to it. It's fucking free. Yeah. So the closer you can get to freedom, like that's true real like liberation or just like the human experience to me. I should I should intervene here and just sort of like connect some dots. Um we all know that in the LAFC community, we got the Black and Gold Run Club. Shout out Black and Gold Run Club. Shouts and, out the black. And a lot of people in there kind of do marathons and these sort of official sanctioned races as well, which as someone who's like, as I've gotten older and more uncomfortable with breaking the law and I, and I kind of want to follow the rules or more than anything, just like sometimes I'm just like, I can't be bothered with disturbing things. Adam, like true and true will always like go, like go around the authorities to the point where like, you know, when you do an official race, you're supposed to sign up. But a lot of times he'll just jump into the race. <laughs> so in Portland, when, when I was running the Portland Marathon of several years back, Adam, you, you call it's called banditing a race where you just jump in. Like we all went up there for the explicit purpose of running the marathon. It's like 150 bucks or whatever to enter. I forget how much. But Adam was like, he's not going to pay it. He's just going to run. 
but in that but, in that instance on, he got on, got. Yeah, but on top of it, like at the same time, and this is not like a like a hero moment at the same way, but we made a, a go. We were raising money yeah. for our cousin for National Alliance of Mental Health Institute. Yeah, we have another cousin who struggles with mental health issues. Yeah. So we raised a bunch of money. And so I could have put that money to paying Citibank or whatever corporation uh-huh. to fucking throw a bit. These yeah, big city right. marathons, it's all fucking giant corporate money that's of like, course, yeah, yeah. do whatever. So yeah, I'm going to jump in and give all the money to like the kids like my cousin who are on 5150 holds and mm. psych wards. Like, you know, and I guess there's like a little bit of probably that same graffiti mindset of like, don't believe what you see, do whatever you want, whatever. But yeah. I think that's kind of the yeah. Over. Fuck you, Citibank. Yeah. Unfortunately, fuck you, he fuck did. You. you did get that was like one of the races that Adam <laughs> got. He they they got they caught him on a course of the course he couldn't get back on because it was right no, by no, a bridge. No, right? no, I did. I, I I got pulled off at, at Portland's got all these bridges. I'm I'm sure. Fuck Portland. Yeah. And f- Citibank. I, honestly, Portland is. You know, <laughs> it's like a bunch of white people that have never met anyone who wasn't white trying to be progressive. Why are there but, champagne bottles on your button up? Uh, it should be a flannel. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your newest Carhartt. Third third wave fucking running gear <laughs> yeah 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 so they they pulled me out at the start of the bridge and i was just like i'll just go to the other side of the street so i just ran on the sidewalk on the other like <laughs> if it's the right side i just went to the left side of the street and then jumped in i don't know five minutes later and i was back on yeah. he's back on so that's so fucking i was i was uh, it's, it's just, just so, that it's that's just like literally so just a tiger's wild. disdain for rules yeah. <laughs> but it's crazy like for I've, I've i've known some people run marathons who take it very seriously and for the fact of the matter is like, it is like, oh, I I submitted my application to run this race and I got in to run this race. But there is a point where like, you can't stop someone from fucking running a city. Like, I'm just going to fucking run. Yeah. But isn't that the fucking beauty? You know? Yeah, at least fucking beautiful. At, at least shit. to me, like, and Alex will tell you, like, I was that guy too. Like, in my earlier days or like, maybe wanted validation from a timer Sure. like a result and I guess maybe I had I don't want to say like a lot of talent but I had like local I, I could do okay or I, I was competing with myself too you know I just wanted to see how well I could do and yeah. for some reason it meant something for it to like the time to exist on some website that some chip clock for me but dude you gotta watch like we all have iPhones like you want to fucking try something for yourself like you can just literally go do it right now I don't know what, what anyone's waiting for that, I guess that's my yeah. ethos on it now. Not that I don't jump in from time to time. or <laughs> I can't, like, appreciate the communal aspect of, like, a whole city, like, coming together and screaming at sure. all these people, you know? But I'm, like, old and salty and, you know, maybe that's part of it, too. Do you guys see the relationship between <laughs> Adam and I? And the, and the, saltiness and dis- dis- the saltiness and disdain for order. We want chaos. No, I'm just kidding. But, but... Kind of getting back to this gear question, right? Yeah. If I may, in, in, have we never done anything running related on FCFC? We never even have, have we? Tedlo. Oh, we talked with Tedlo about yeah. running. Tedlo uh, with the the back the back alley fucking yeah races. parking parking lot races parking lot yeah, races that's for money. So we talked to Tedlo. That fun. And Tedlo yeah. was a Tedlo was a short distance uh, racer around college, but yeah, you know. I like kind of fought literally kicking and screaming into this sport. Like I used to tell Adam all the time, like, I don't even like this. And then I would like come begrudgingly with him and like realize that I really did enjoy. And as Slim and Josh know, because they came to the inaugural grill dweeze when we were about 50 miles through and came oh, yeah. to the first no, aid station. I remember that as I was out shout of my brain. To, <laughs> shout out to AC Noho, who was also there among the, the pack of, of oh. people in the middle of a pandemic who came to cheer Adam and I out on this I very strange. That. More than anyone will know. Yeah. Um, th- there's, there's this... There's a type of running 
there's a there's a look there's a tight there's a tightness to like what running is supposed to be that's like very neatly sold and packaged to us by like companies like Nike and Adidas and like who who's allowed to run and what you have to look like to run and how far you have to run and what kind of you know there's just all these there's actually a ton of rules and it's so strange because running is like one of the oldest human motion activities yeah, yeah and I, won't, I wouldn't even call it a sport you yeah know? it's like one of the f- this and swimming that we like share with like the natural world and the other animals like it's so and sex and sex right and sex. yeah so it's so like it's such a primal aspect of people it's so strange how straight laced and like rule driven it became and i think what's really cool about adam and we'll talk about the podcast in a little bit but um he's always looked at this sport as like, how can we break it open and see what's possible? How can we like, you know, banditing races and, and not wearing maybe the traditional gear is like one way to look at it. But I think that like, if you can upend some of this stuff, maybe more people could realize like, Oh, not only is this something I can be a part of, but this is like something my community can also be a part of, which to an extent, like the black and gold running club is also found. So I don't know. It's it's a cool thing, and I think it's not an accident that Adam was like into graffiti, and into sort of like subcultures, and then got into running, and is now we're seeing right now, like in Los Angeles, a blossoming of alternative running culture. Really, mm-hmm. right? I still remember when you were when I found out about the Grill Dewey's, and um, I had assumed that it was an official race <laughs> I think Sam and I both had that moment and then when you told us like no it's gonna be me me, me and my, my cousin, cousin. <laughs> yeah running an official unofficial course that that's been kind of mapped out by runners across you know through the mountains and through the it wasn't mapped out by runners a little by the way it wasn't match, rap, mapped out by runners it was just mapped out by us <laughs> mapped out by, and it's, Hold open a that's, app on my computer and it's just like I guess this might work <laughs> I, I find my I, I pride myself in being a, a cultured well-rounded person and I just remember thinking like I didn't know you could do that you know like that was like that's really what what, what kind of kind of came across but I think even the fact that you you did it with um, with Adam here and even Craig who came along for for a lot of that journey there is as much as it's beating your personal best, there is a communal aspect of running together, sure. right? Yeah. And Adam, I'm, I'm, uh, the name of your your film one more time is Out on a Wire. Out on Out on a Wire, and that was you followed um, the a run from was it Santa Monica? The Santa Monica Pier. Santa Monica Pier to okay. Las Vegas, <laughs> and people are in a camper van essentially, right? And then they're they're kind of taking shifts as a relay, yep. um, running from from Santa Monica to Venice, and the the community aspect of that, of sharing a family in a van together running, I was like, that that was just like unmistakable, like that these people not only love the act of running, but they love being together. And I was... This is the speed project we're the talking speed about project. For, yeah. for people who might have heard of it. Yeah. And that just kind of blew me away because as, as people who talk about the community aspect of why the biggest reason why we love our team so much is that they got the community aspect correct. But for you, like what were some of the kind of kind of weird nuances you saw the family on the road like going from Santa Monica to Vegas because it looked like everyone was having a grand old time they were like partying on the side when they're not running when you're resting at the same time these people are in ridiculous shape like shape I've like shape that you you see that is the best of the best right yeah they're animals they're awesome I mean all those people are incredible that was really interesting and like on a side note because I think this is important uh 
and it ties into gear. Like that was a that was a film that was you know wanted to be made by a running clothing company, and they're a niche one from Paris that they do kind of like the more cutting edge <coughs> fashion uh-huh. kind of running. Like the shorts are crazy expensive, like two hundred fifty bucks for shorts, and I'd run in them, and they're awesome. So even though I preach this, like you know. Uh, do whatever you want. Their good shorts good fucking good, yeah. feel great, and Let's they hook go. me up all the time. And I can't, I can't justify their prices. We love free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but their shorts are sick. Like I, I can't argue with their design. Um, but I say that to say, like, so many things. And I don't know if this is exists in the soccer world, but so many things are just like slammed together. Or you make a video, and it's like just edited to like make you think these people love each other right, or right, this, right. this and this. And what was cool about that team in general is everyone was a, like a very staunch individual. Like they came from all different sorts of backgrounds. They all had very unique ways of dealing with running. And I would say like, I, I think it's fair to say like a lot of them had some issue with trauma at certain points or some sort mm-hmm. of struggles. So I think anyone under a realm of trauma, they, develop certain ways of dealing with it in their own ways that isn't always convenient for a communal setting just because they're just trying to exist through life right um but at the same time i think because they were such gnarly athletes uh they knew how to communicate with each other when they knew it got really hard and everyone let everyone be themselves like no one had to like it wasn't like we all subscribe to some one ethos of like this is how we're going to act like someone didn't want someone smoking weed near them and someone needed to smoke weed to feel better. And so like, they were very nice about that or like, I need to do this or don't drink around me here. I want to do mushrooms there. Or, like, mm. and not even that, like just be like the way they communicate or how they take shifts. Um, it was just like, to me, it was really beautiful to see people ex- like full on accept these people who they were. And that is what led us to do. So like we took a wrong turn, so we didn't do that great, but Oh, I think as an experience, we had the closest team ever. Like we loved each other. All of us had this really amazing experience of understanding and kind of like village living. Like, yeah, you kind of know each other's or feeling each other out. And yeah, it's kind of like an away day. But the whole time you're on the away day, you're in a hotel room and your hotel room's moving. And actually you're moving your hotel room. (laughs) It's it's really hard to find, you know, like running is a very individual sport. It's Mm -hmm. not a team sport normally. Yeah. And, uh, like, I just think in, I've seen all, like, if you want to make it more macro, like I've seen all different sorts of like living situations from like communal living situations to where, Hey, we kind of do this around here where there wasn't any of that. It was just like, be yourself. We just want you to do well. And that's like hard to find in like a friendship, a yeah. partner, mm-hmm. a, a romantic thing. Like just be you. I accept you for who you are. So, uh, six people plus the crew to just be like, yeah, fucking awesome. And it wasn't always convenient. Like everyone picked up slack and was understanding to a realm I've like very rarely seen out of humans. Right. It's like a, it's like an awesome thing to be a part of and see. Yeah, definitely. It's what I see so many parallels to supporter culture in that way, because it's just, I mean, we, we really look, take for granted how loose this bond is that connects us, which is like this one team that we found a lot of times in our in the middle age or in full adulthood, but it is like, the diversity of people that you meet in a thing that's like completely out of your, usually out of your neighborhood, out of, you know, out of your, your job site, all that stuff. And then the best case scenario is really you take people for, for who they are. And then you, you just be like, there's one great connecting thing, which is like, 
this great football spirit in this guy that stirs us on. But outside of that, it's like everyone is from fucking cooks to fucking businessmen to whatever it is. But mm-hmm. no, it's what I, th- I think about. That, and I saw that so clearly in, in the running. I was like interested in there. I was so fast when I was watching the documentary. I was like so fascinated. I was like interested in their backgrounds. But at the same time, like I like couldn't care less. I was like people wherever they come from they're here fucking now doing this one thing together and then it's enough the for the confines of the vans are somehow enough for people to express themselves individually and i was like mm. that's fucking crazy like these people you would think that off the street they're like such a ragtag bunch but it's like yeah holy shit they're they're a team together in a yeah. way that's you don't really see a team and that was cool for me to catch because i had never seen such like an expressive group of people uh be so understanding and i i don't like a lot of things in running uh I would like to see a lot of things like be more open-minded and that was cool. Even if it was through a company, which is, you know, like never something I'm like always on board with. Like they were great at letting me do that. And it was real. Like there was nothing fake about it. I can say that truly in my heart. So, yeah. When you've run together that, that note you had about the team that you, that, that um, did the race, it was like people were very receptive towards people were very receptive towards, um, the needs of the other people, like the, the the running stances of the other people when they're really tired. Have you guys, do you have like an ESP between each other when that happens? Or is it, are you pretty communicative when it comes to like, hey, I need a breather here because the, the 100 mile ultra marathon, I know it must come with some of those moments where it's like, hey, we need to take a, take a, take a, a breather as a team. So Adam is like the, in our running bond, he's like the season ticket holder to the stadium and I'm just like the guy who sometimes calls to get free <laughs> free seats if he has a spare you know sure in other words like he's like very much involved in that in that world in that community and he understands like he's done what's called like crewing uh, for people doing 100 mile races like the Angeles Crest 100 and he sort of like understands that rhythm a lot better about yeah. like how to help someone you know when they're in aid and stuff and I'm like like less I'm like less seasoned in that regard but because we've started to do the last like several years started to do like more of these ultra marathons together including like the one we designed the grilled threes 100 1000 1 million and um like i think at this point we do have like a pretty good rhythm like one thing that like probably maybe confuses people is like the ultra marathons the longer distances you're you're able to talk a lot because I mean, we're also able to like shut up for a, for a while too. But like, you're able to talk because you're not running so fast that you can't like breathe and speak. Mm. So you are like talking about a bunch of different things, and it's like pretty. It's kind of like being on a road trip on your feet, you know? Like you're you're just you're in the car together, moving along. And so yeah, sometimes people need to stop to use the bathroom. They need to stop to do this. They need to stop to do that. And then I think the bigger issue that like everyone's always trying to learn about. I don't know. Adam can probably attest to this is like knowing when when your body really needs to stop or knowing when you really need like there's something really wrong and when your brain is just telling you yeah like it's it's like you're you, you don't you're learning that like some of the things you your mind is telling you about your body isn't true right right like it's like not, talk us through that because like rich shout out people who know rich but rich after knowing him a little bit will introduce you to like spartan like u.s marine corps like terminology of like your brain is completely a liar and you need to push through it so <laughs> yeah. when is the when when what when is that gap that breaking point that turning point of knowing when truly it is a time to like hey we need to take a pause for me it's live like it has to be live mm-hmm. we got to do it live in other words like in the moment is the 
is the only time you can really know an answer to that question. Like, we can take a break real quick. We're back. FCFC pod. Tea time with Dweez. Dog time with Dweez. We're happy to report that after that <laughs> abrupt ending of the second segment, we have successfully found Kobe. Kobe and Hoji are both accounted for. Uh, we're in the backyard chilling with Mr. Adam Town. The many multi-talented Adam Town. We didn't get to talk. We didn't get to talk about much about skateboards. We didn't get to talk much about illustration, the finer arts. We dipped in and out of graffiti a little bit, but. Everyone always wants to know about the bad stuff, you know? It's yeah, everyone does want to know about the bad stuff. Actually, you know what? Let's tell, let's, before we get into the good stuff, let's tell one more bad stuff uh, story, which I feel like these boys would appreciate. Um, this, is a favorite, this is a favorite story in me and Adam's life. I brought Adam to a Jay Electronica show. Was it a Jay Electronica or was it a Big Crit? I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Remember, <laughs> with, the, remember with the pens and everyone the almost pens. got kicked out? Oh, you're going to be, you're sure you want to bring this story up? Because <laughs> those are very reputable artists. We were at the B.O.B. show. <laughs> oh, it was B.O.B.? Roth was opening oh, up Oh, shit, it was B.O.B., yeah. you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was the Jay Electronica show and Rock Him opened so, for him. <laughs> <laughs> no, but for, so for three, oh, and B.O.B., and shout out to B.O.B. who just came out with like a crazy anti-vax song oh did he <laughs> so, yeah. song. which my friend just sent me um no you're right but that same venue in that same period the key I, club yeah the key club oh, there was a lot damn. of those shows. Mm-hmm. but um damn, adam key club adam and i like my point is we've just been through we've been through a lot and we've seen a lot together it's <laughs> nice to have a, a cousin who who you like you share so much with mm. um shut the fuck up where's the story what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah i guess the part where you wanted to fight me because you didn't want to miss bob <laughs> i think the transit <laughs> you wanted to hear head back no so listen bad. listen this is the transition of my life when um i went from the cool kid who wanted to break the rules to like the guy that's like wait a second here <laughs> what about law and order <laughs> And it, was B- and it was B.O.B. And I admit it. And the Hi, My Name Bob was mixtape was fire. Okay, I'll stand no, you had it. You had like three You had th- like three rappers that you predicted to be huge. And you were right about <laughs> one or two of Whoa, them. Whoa, bro. Of? Okay, let's talk about my track record for rappers being huge. Okay? No, I'm just saying that year. Yeah, Wale. I was, it was, it was Wale, B.O.B., and uh, uh, I don't want to say it was Blue. I don't know. Blue was before that. Yeah. Um, I had a decent, but there was also, and I'll be, I'll tell you the ones that I was wrong on. Charles Hamilton. Charles Hamilton (laughs) was the third. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Charles Hamilton. I was very wrong. And B.O.B. and Wale. I no longer like want to ever hear their voices again. You were the guy to like dap up Mickey Fax. Like you were cool. I didn't fuck with Mickey Fax that hard. A lot of people did though. Um, I was into music journalism at that time. So I was always trying to like, Interview break. the hottest, yeah, newest yeah, yeah. break artists, stuff like that. It was stupid. But anyways, <laughs> uh, at this show, which was definitely B.O.B. and Azure Roth, unfortunately, uh, Adam snuck in a, a pen and had like tagged up the bathroom, <laughs> which was fine. And I don't really care. But then all the security came after me and like two of my other friends that were there. And they're like, no, you guys all got to go. And I'm like, what did we do? And I didn't know anything. And I'm like, what? Like, I, I you know, 
false false accusations. It's just like you blame me for something I didn't do. I was so mad, and then I was like, "What in the fuck?" And then Adam like had this little smile. But you were probably you were like sixteen, drinking. right? Were you sixteen? <laughs> Uh, yeah, it had to be in high school, 15, 17, 16. something like that, yeah. maybe 16. Oh, pizza, dollar, slice, baby, let's go. <laughs> I don't know why I originally no, wanted but we, to tell this we story. All, we all fucked with B.O.B. We all fucked with the Hi, My Name is Bob mixtape, so I, I get it. I wanted to see it, too. I, was, I wasn't there, you know, not by choice. But I was, yeah, I felt bad that Alex got thrown out of the B.O.B. concert. Well, but we got back in. We got back in. Yeah. The point is, we got back in, and so... As we drink this white tea, which <laughs> which really is a white tea, but it's delicious. These boys had it for my birthday. Shout out to E-Man at Tea Habitat. You know what it is. Always. Um, One time. Yeah, like we got out pretty scot-free of all these uh, little adventures. And we've sort of made it to the other side where we're now adults somehow. And, you know, our parents are... <laughs> You know, uh, we're, we're, we've been left to our own devices. <laughs> what? Like, what transition was that? <laughs> we've been left to our own devices. I'm trying. I'm trying to keep it cool with dream journals and yeah. rock him. What right, are we okay, doing okay, over check here? Out, check, check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Oh, I'm gonna have a sip of this white tea while I while I collect myself. That's, that'll be the name of the episode: is Dream Journals and Rock Him. Yeah. Dream Journals and Rock Him. Okay, so what prompted me to finally bring Adam on the pod? All right. Here when I was finally like, I got to have Adam on the pod. Wasn't thus that he recently started his own podcast called the So Close So Far Podcast, which incredible. is excellent. Incredible. And Bridge is the uh, biking and Thank running you. world. We'll talk about it in a second. But it was that. Start Adam, with episode seven. Start with episode seven. Start with episode seven. <laughs> it's that Adam actually organizes full blown races now. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I went to his first race, which is called the local race. Which was two weeks ago. Just two weeks ago. And there's going to be two more installments. These beautiful love letters to the city. I'll let you explain it in a second. But what was so dope was I was there and I'm like, looking at all these people smiling. A few of them angry. Because <laughs> they had fallen down. Because it's an unsanctioned race in the mountains. <laughs> Covered in blood. But there was like, you know, dozens of people there who had sent this man, this stranger, some of their money <laughs> to go on a course that they don't know what it is. Oh my God, you're Citibank now. <laughs> and I just, damn I, right. You know, I just thought it was a beautiful thing. My Venmo thing. is at Adam Talon. That's T-A-L-N. Hey. I, I thought it was a beautiful thing. Like, you know, we go in and out of these passions, these, these art dreams, these sports dreams, these, you know, different things. And this guy's He's just fucking killing it. So I wanted to have him on the show because he was the original guy that designed our logo, but also because he's really helping bring the city's biking and running communities together. Mm. So why don't you talk a little bit about So Close So Far and tell us a little bit about the local race too. Sure. Um, I I guess this is a a two-part question. Uh, So Close So Far was, uh, it was like an idea I had just because growing up here in LA, um, running and cycling never really felt like anywhere else I would go. Mm. And I would say right now, especially in the running world, like in the big city bank corporate, I mean, city bank, isn't it? But let's say all the big corporations from Nike to Adidas to Hoka to name a brand. Um, uh, like it's all this stuff on, like they're, they're trying to diversify running in this way. That's like super tokenized if you ask me. Mm. And for me, running has always been a pretty diverse thing. Like it, I never really need to try. So all the big podcasts or magazines, it almost seems like you get something with like some actual city flavor in it. And it's like, that's the one off. Right. 
So for me, it was like, hey, how do we make a platform here, which has just like been my entire experience. You know, like that's not like the exception. That's it. We don't have to talk about it. We don't need to say any of these things. I just talk to my friends I've known forever and people I think who have like you can do running in the most expansive way here. So, so close, so far, the name of it, which I went back and forth with Alex about, I thought it was too long was like, yeah, so we're even recording in South Central right now. But you could be in Mount Baldy, and that's like gnarly 10,000-foot mountains, like crazy outdoors in 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. And that's the idea of like all these worlds coexist so much. And it was even like certain things. I'm, I'm, I don't know if you guys have ever talked about like Lowen Theory on here or like what that was like. Always. Yeah. Always, right? So uh, No Can Do is a friend of mine, and like he got super into, into hiking all these different mountains and peaks around here. And like Ooh. that – so – Diversity and all these crazy stories exist in places like New York, and I'm friends with these people, and San, San Francisco is an interesting city because it's a pretty satellite city, but Los Angeles is the only one that you get like a real diverse cityscape with a healthy, very large like sense of locals and people and transplants at the same time, but there's still a very solid city as we see like, you know, like AYSO connections and all that. Mm. Um and it's done from road to street, like all these different things are here. And people here who are runners are like crazy talented designers or work in the music right. industry. Like the next guy I want to have on my podcast or one of the next guys is this guy named Case, uh, Tracy Kendrick. And he runs with KRC, Koreatown, which is, you know, Michael Pack. Yeah, yeah. That you can Shout go into out. like streetwear and like all that shit, you know, like. But Tracy Kendrick, he produced like all the early DJ Quick AMG Sugar Free albums. Mm. And he just started running at 50 and he's doing marathons wow. now. And he's like Damn. locked in with KRC. Like that, like you're not going to find that. No. Like so many in like the running culture or magazines or podcasts is like, okay, well, here's this fast guy who collegially competed and it's all pretty white and like steeped in tradition of. Uh, all this stuff. So I just wanted to create a space that was like, it wasn't for like, it, this isn't forced for me. It's super easy. Like, and even now working as a director after those, after the speed project and I worked in mid music videos before, but now kind of breaking the outdoor space, all these companies are just like, Hey, we want to make a story about inclusivity and diversity, all stuff, super important to me, right. but it's like, you're asking because you have no idea where to start asking. Right. Like so close so far should just, it, it should just feel easy to me and not like, it should just be, it should be so normal that it's inclusive. You know what I mean? Uh, and that's just like one aspect of it, but it, we'll do anyone doing something different in here. And uh, with the local race, it was me wanting to give First of all, it wasn't just me. It was me and my friend Brian Galdemez. So we're a partnership on this. I want to give him his credit because he fucking kills it. He ran like the online e-commerce for TDE for a long time. So he's like fucking awesome with like all the shit I don't want to do. Like yeah. coding on the website, whatever. He like really lets me be free on the on the story aspect and creative. And he's just like fucking handling this shit behind the scenes so, so well. Um but we wanted to give people like a real experience at the cheapest way we could. Cause like I told you about my ethos before is like, this shit should be damn near free. Mm. Like I, I want you to go experience these cities, these trails that like only locals could show you, like only you could find out for a long time. Like this next race, I don't know when this is going to come out. Our next race is Saturday, but and graffiti helps too. Cause it's going to start at like a place I learned about graffiti, but a place they throw underground punk shows 
in raves in Lincoln Heights, like in between Elysian and Lincoln Heights on the yeah. LA River. And like we wanted them originally to like race through the LA River through secret access points I know about, but it's gonna rain on Friday and I think the river's gonna be too full. So we're mm. we're like plotting a different one. But we come up with a different story behind it that's somewhat fable and fiction, but also based in reality and truth. Um the best way I can describe it is the first one's called Sister Elsie, the one we did that Alex went to. And it's Sister Elsie Peak. And the the somewhat real story on Wikipedia is this nun gave her life to protecting people in the smallpox epidemic and ended up uh, dying from it. She caught smallpox and died. And they named this trail that, like, the Native Americans would cross from Los Angeles County from Tahunga to Palmdale before it existed. Mm. And so also there's this blue VW that's up in the mountains. No one knows how it got up there. So I craft this story that Alex helps me edit because he's way better at writing than I am. Uh, so I, I craft it and it's like this nun is like trying to get the last of the vaccine and we're all in our own pandemic and, you know, like we can pay homage to her in this time by going and celebrating her on this trail. So it's like a story that's built in as well. Wow. And the next one, the LA River, I'm going to base it around a friend of mine who he actually like became a part of, it's a really weird story, but uh, I'm sure he, I, I don't know, we're not too close anymore, but uh, there's this kid I did graffiti with, his name was Lucas. He ended up being an odd future. He was the he was the cover of the second cover, he's the white kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he was a friend of mine, we did graffiti together and we like dared him to drink the water out of the LA river for five bucks or something like that. And for me, I was like, I kind of, my feeling, he might disagree with it, but I always felt like he wanted to be famous. And now I feel like he's, he was the manager of Supreme. He got on all this shit. And when he got everything he wanted, he hated it. It seemed like, Mm. like, you know, uh, odd future, whatever. And so the chapter two of the race is called don't drink the water. So I'm going to try and craft a story about, you know, if you got everything you wanted, if you drank like the spi- the sparkly sides of Los Angeles, yeah. like, would you lose yourself in it? Like, what would you do? And the race is going to be kind of a gamble on certain ways you could turn. So I'm trying to give people like a real experience. And so when they run it, they're like connected to it in some way. And I'm not using real names really in the stories. It's hopefully I can identify with the feeling and, you know, transcend bigger than the running and people get to run too. And we, you know, do the designs for it. So it's it's 20 bucks. It's as cheap as we could to make a screen printed T-shirt and take the time for everything. So it's, they're, they're pretty much just buying a T-shirt, you know, yeah, for yeah, three yeah. races. And yeah, that's that's our, our mine and Brian's goal. And Brian's also a local artist, like local artists and metal workers make the trophies. Screen printing's all from LA. Like everything's out of here. And you're not giving 200 bucks to Citibank. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I, I guess I rambled for a bit, but no, that, that's kind that of the point, perfect. right? That was the point. Dope. So, yeah, like, you know, if you had this thing that shows up in your mailbox, oh, that, yeah. you know, because they tangibly sent out the little invites and it's like this little love letter to the city. And then he organized these like three races. And I'm just like, dude, that's like the coolest shit of all time. Like, that's like, that's like what you know, people dream up in the North end, like what could the North end sing? What, what kind of banners could we unfurl? What kind of TiVo and like, how could it represent the city and like tie things together? And again, like just like in Los Angeles football culture or what people considered soccer culture, you know, cert- through certain lenses, it could be super corporate and it could be super lame and it could be super, you know, not connected at all to like that DIY spirit and like, the community vibe 
And I just think that there's like a lot of overlap between what's happening right now that Adam's at the, kind of the forefront of in, in the running world. And by the way, if you're like, if you're like fuck running, that this podcast is also about biking. It connects the diff- the distance between bike biking and and running as well. Uh, yeah, it's it's kind of just about like human movement, I guess. Yeah, there's like you know just however you want to express movement through the city because bikers have like a there's a crazy messenger culture that's like tied into punk and graffiti and these kids who just sit on their bikes all day and run courier apps, you know, just like it's a weird world, you know, and it's like built into that. And it's like understanding different shortcuts and it's deep. It's, it's very, very deep. So it's just like, Hey, move however you want. Express like, use this place. Like you learn about so many things, little restaurants or whatever, you know, like, Oh, you haven't been to it, but I got like the craziest Oaxacan spot down in West Adams. It's like this guy's backyard all through like some bike messenger kid. Who's they call mid city James who just like, is known about it forever from delivering and it's it's so sick Crazy. like it's just an illegal restaurant that's out of this guy's back. like you can just learn so much through these things so that's what it's about it's not about times like sure it's a race someone wins it whatever but it's much more about like take take something away with this take something you can share with someone else take someone and do it in a real way don't look it up on a blog or some like best of whatever fucking shit you know yeah <laughs> So yeah, all, all I'm saying is if even if you're opposed to running and you're listening to this, shout out to my boys Deech and Louise who who love the biking. Some of Adam's episodes also cover cycling, and I'm sure there'll be more of that in the future. So you should check out the pod. I'm already like getting into my recommendation as if this is my recommendation. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's my it, I fuck with a lot of the things that my family members do. Uh, we've obviously had Ben Bajils on the podcast a couple times. Sean Dwyer's been on the pod. My older brother's been on the pod. Um, but I feel very lucky that I have family members that are, like, testing their limits, trying to make stuff happen, um, taking risks, skiing fast, taking chances, as we used to say. And I think, like, Adam's, like, really coming into his own. And uh, that's why I wanted to have him on the pod. And, you know, I'm glad that you came through, man. I'm happy to be here. I mean, it's interesting for me to even see like the soccer side of it all or, you know, like for me, I don't really care what you do. Just like, I hope you do it in like the most authentic way you want to do it, you know? So I think that's what, you know, like Alex would tell me about the beginnings of LAFC and kind of how the clubs are or like, you know, the team, the club, the 3252. And like I said before, like I can see like LA hardcore influence in the 3252. I can feel rap. I can feel that. So I don't, I, you know, I don't understand it fully. I've, it's been awesome to like experience it with you guys, like hang out over there. And uh, I just hope like you make it as real as you can, you know, like that, that's all I would say, you know, or do it in your own way or whatever, man. Like it doesn't have to be like all the other fucking soccer clubs, like not even close to that, especially a city like this with so many different types of influences. Right. And to, like, you know, even AC being like a guy who's like different from you guys or, like all you guys have different personalities isn't that like the dopest part about this shit yeah you know and there's locals people who came here for whatever like it it's fucking it's dope like i love this place yeah so how however it's translated whether it's running biking cycling drawing art whatever writing even just getting a job so you can hang out here and experiencing it all it's fucking dope yeah so we're going to turn to recommendations for the evening uh this is the part of the podcast where we each tell you guys something to do with your time or with yourself. 
Uh, Slimmy, do you got a recommendation for this evening? Yeah, um, I started watching. Um, well, first you got to watch the 2021 uh, Suicide Squad, and then you and then you <laughs> yeah. jump into Peacemaker with John Cena. Is that like a? It's a sequel. Uh, it's a continuation, and it just follows what's going on with him. But surprisingly, John Cena does a great job on that show. There's so many layers to the character. Um, it just shows a story of a guy who thinks like it's I guess the main part of it is he thinks he's a superhero and everyone else thinks he's a villain. Right. And he's just like there's like moments where he'll like break down and cry. And he's like, why doesn't anyone like me? you know what I mean? Yeah. So he's just like a fucking goofy piece of shit. But there's just so many layers to that character. But, yeah, it's a great show. Do You feel like there's a lot of you in uh, John Cena's Peacemaker? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> no one thinks you're just a goofy piece of shit. That's just a part of you. But you do cry a lot. I do. I do. I do. I have emotions, guys. <laughs> Speaking of crying a lot, I'm actually going to jump in with my recommendation. Oh, hey, a lot. Okay. I'm, cut, I'm cutting in line. Um, dude, I saw this movie, uh, Drive My Car. Oh, shit. Okay. Have you seen it yet? No, I need to watch it. So Drive My Car uh, is a film that is in theaters now i believe it's it actually might be on hbo max now Jeez. it's one of these it's uh, up for a lot of the academy awards it's a japanese film and i'm not someone who normally cries for movies mm. and i'm not someone who definitely cries in the theater but i was weeping <laughs> full bore it broke me like armageddon weeping? it snapped me yeah mm. um and i don't know whether that's you know take that for what it is some people don't want to go to the movies and be snapped and this movie might not snap you the way it snapped me, but um, it's a phenomenal movie. And it has, it's based on a, a Murakami, three Murakami short stories that this director kind of fastened together. Uh -huh. And then one of them is about a Chekhov play. And it's like a very, there's so much narrative like wound tightly together. It's like masterful storytelling. It's one of the best films I've ever seen in my life. Oh, and shit. I highly recommend it. So, See it in the theater if you can. It's called Drive My Car. And um, yeah, it takes place in Hiroshima. Shout Ooh. out to Ipe. And uh, I couldn't recommend it more. And if you ever watch this or listen to this and want to talk to me about this movie, I'll talk to you for hours about this movie. <laughs> so go see it. Spice, you got a recommendation? Uh, first, an anti-recommendation. Fuck Rob Manfred, commissioner of baseball, a commissioner who hates the sport that he represents. Um, the baseball season is delayed, guys. I don't know if you guys saw the news today, but we're missing the first uh, six to ten games at least of the of the season. And it's around a lot of billionaires shouting at millionaires, but I don't know. The commissioner is full of shit all the time. So anti-rec, fuck that dude. Hope he... Uh, Oh no, there's know. only going to be 120 games of baseball this year. <laughs> Honestly, I don't, I, don't mind I don't mind a shorter schedule. I just, I thought this was a very interesting time for baseball. I feel it's, it's very diverse, very, everyone's free. Bring back steroids, motherfuckers. Your sport's fucking boring without steroids. I'm down. God damn it. <laughs> Let's go. They were talking about uh, making the pitch clock even shorter so it'll be quicker of a game. But it'll still be 100 to 150. Just shut up game. and bring back steroids. <laughs> Nobody gives a shit. <laughs> and my reco for my, my pro reco is um, watch the trailer for Michelle Yeoh's Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. It's uh, an A24 produced film. It is 
the most wild looking motherfucking film I've seen in my life. And Michelle Yeoh is the fucking leading star in it. And it's just going to be a piece of Asian, Asian American, Asian diaspora excellence. And for all the points, it's like a mix of the trailer. We'll see, you'll see sci-fi, you'll see fucking drama in there. And the trailer is everything that, um, we've complained about representation for it. Michelle Yeoh is going to be playing fucking like 14 different roles throughout the galaxy so it's gonna be fucking incredible dude that's pretty sick to yeah. that's pretty sick to wreck a trailer yeah it's yeah. that's, that's fucking that's, good damn that that's fucking good so Everything, when does it come out do you know when it comes out um it'll come out this year they haven't revealed when yet so, so watch the soon. trailer so you can anticipate absolutely and josh is gonna do an fcfc screening i would fucking love to that would be my great great and i'm coming yes all right me and josh are doing an fcfc screening of this movie Hell yeah. Adam, do you have any recommendations for the people? Something to check out, song to hear, book to read, thing to do? I, I feel like this is the same thing I've been uh, recommending all year, and it made it into, I don't know if you guys shared it on here, but the Grilled Dweez mix we do, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the mm-hmm. best of. And uh, I'm not like a huge podcast interview guy, as a guy who does them, or like would be like, hey, you have to see this, blah, blah, blah. But... Uh, the David show interview with uh, Rich Roll like changed my entire year Fuck. or lifespan. And uh, I used to fucking hate the guy growing up. Me uh, too. Hate him. And uh, I, I could not fuck with him harder now. Wow. And just like his whole uh, ethos on like, if you have an idea, just do it. And don't work for, you know, don't wait for validation and thinking about money and whatever. Like, on top of like just massive amounts of what you're going to do with trauma and not suffering through it as an artist or expressing. So yeah, the David show rich roll podcast and he's got, you know, all the language to talk about it. And, uh, also before we get out of here, I want to give a huge shout out to the engineer on my podcast because he yes. works his fucking ass yeah. off. And, uh, I don't want anyone to think this is like a one man show by any means. So Chris Reyes or primordial one, he, uh, he does an amazing job and he helps out with, all the editing and recording and Instagrams and all that too. So I just want to make sure he gets his, his flowers. And he's an overall, just a gentle dude and a good man and a great presence in the world. He's a really good guy. Really so good guy. shout out to the whole so close so far fam. And I think we gonna wrap it up. Slimmy. This has been another episode of the FCFC pod. Bye. FCFC. FSA, FSA, FCFC, FSA, 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 FSA